Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, boys and girls, once again to another edition of the FootballDieHards.com podcast. Lots of stuff going on. Brett Favre makes a decision on when he'll make a decision. A quarterback who hasn't played more than 20 games since high school is now a whole lot richer and a lot more stuff going on. And to talk about all this and more, we bring in senior editor of FootballDieHards.com, Bob Harris. Bob, how's it going? What's going on, Bob? Not much. How you doing? It's a busy day, busy day. Lots of stuff going on, right? You know, a little of this, a little of that. It's not so bad. It's kind of working at a leisurely pace now that we're done with the magazines. we got to get to sit here and, uh, you know, review the rankings a little bit, kind of get on the Fantasy Nation, do a little talk, maybe get on the message board, have a little fun, write some notebooks, all that kind of stuff. I love it. Absolutely. Lots of good stuff. And we got about, what, maybe two or three weeks before uh, to kind of take it easy before we really got to kick it into high gear, right? Yeah, you know, there is no such thing as taking it easy, but there is such a thing as not working as hard as we do during the season, by golly. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it. I want to start off with uh, Matt Castle. Had a pretty good week for a player that hadn't played a whole lot since high school. He's now $63 million richer. Yeah, you know, I find I, think, I guess the thing I find interesting about that story, or the most interesting, is you know, in addition to that, I mean, that is a that is a fascinating thing. You know, never hasn't started a game since high school, and he's now a rather wealthy fellow. But the fact, the guaranteed money is what gets me. Is uh, twenty eight million is guaranteed. Now he was guaranteed nearly sixteen million as a franchise free agent for one year, so the difference is like about thirteen million dollars. Uh, so over six years, he's getting another thirteen million. So that tells me that. If nothing else, Castle believes he's going to play very well over a long period of time, and it's you know he's not just looking to cash in uh, on the one-year thing. He wants some talent around him. He's trying to help the team out. So I think that's a positive. Now, you know, again, I wrote some a uh, little something about this last week, and I think or recently, I think the uh, the issue with him is you know what are we getting? Are we getting you know are we getting the Matt Castle we saw last year? And you know, early last year he wasn't all that strong, but there's no doubt he really picked up the pace as the season went on. And you could see the the Patriots, you know, Josh McDaniel, the coordinator at the time, uh, really, you know, bringing him up in the, you know, bringing him along and allowing him to do more as as, as the season went on, and he, and he answered all, you know, every question. The next question is 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 he still Matt Castle or is he Scott Mitchell? And I think that's you know that's the answer we have to find out, and we'll get a little taste of it maybe in the preseason, but uh, you know until the snaps really really start counting, until they start meaning something. You know, you have to remain a little leery. He's going to a team that's obviously in rebuilding mode, but they do have some talent around him. And uh, with Todd Haley as his coach, I think you're going to see, you know, at least an aggressive approach on offense or as aggressive as they can be. Now the question, will their defense be enough to keep them in games? Kind of, I hope not. You know, the more they're behind, the more they'll be throwing. But, um, hey, it is a fa- it's a good deal for both sides, I think. You know, obviously the security of six years, uh, giving up, you know, I mean, the guarantee, the difference in the guaranteed money is kind of interesting to me, but he obviously thinks he's got a good thing going and he wants to stick with it. And the Chiefs clearly uh, are willing to pay him that kind of money. And, I mean, I, even though the guaranteed money is not that huge, that's a pretty significant commitment over six years, and it obviously indicates that the people who know Castle best, Scott Pioli, for example, think he is, think he is uh, Matt Castle. Yeah, the big question that's going to remain to be seen is, is, is Matt Castle going to be as good with Kansas City as Matt Castle was with New England? Certainly Kansas City is going to have some talent, but they don't have the New England Patriot-type talent around him. You know, I think that, you know, I, I wouldn't even say so much the talent, just the, the system in place, that, that whole Patriots way that's in place there, you know, the mindset. 
Uh, you know, they have some good talent. They don't have Randy Moss granted, but they have a pretty good running back if he's healthy in Larry Johnson. They have a pretty good wide receiver in Dwayne Bowe. So, you know, I'm, you know, obviously Dwayne Bowe is not Randy Moss, but he is a player on the rise. And, you know, they, they, they do need some, some more help at wideout. I think they bring Bobby Ingram in. Uh, that will help not just Matt Castle, but it will help the whole receiving court. Mark Bradley's a capable guy. If he could stay healthy, he's shown flashes of being a very good big play threat. And we've all seen what Bo could do without maybe having the best quarterback at his disposal. I think another kind of advantage that we're going to see is, you know, the, Todd Haley's keeping Chan Gailey as a coordinator. I think we'll run out of the, the shotgun a fair amount like we saw Castle do last year, and I think that will work in his favor too. I think they'll do whatever they can to make this offense Castle-friendly and to get him some numbers because, really, they're going to rely on him to put up the points. He's going to be, he's going to be the driving force. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can come through. Uh, you know, I do the Scott Mitchell comparison, and I'll remind you, you know, Mitchell struggled his first year in Detroit after going from Miami. As You know, he was Dan Marino's caddy and had one big year when Marino hurt his Achilles tendon. And then he went to Detroit, and his first year at Detroit was a great supporting cast. Mitchell really struggled. But after that, he had some pretty big seasons. So maybe, uh, maybe laying off uh, – Castle for a year and seeing what he can do uh, it might be the wise course, and you know maybe he's a year away from being a true fantasy prospect. Okay, and where exactly do you think he's going to end up uh, in this year's uh, draft? Do you think that he might get some value in later rounds? Do you think that a lot of people might try to pick him up early? You know, from what I've seen, he has not been going especially early. Uh, you know, it, it's it's not been it, it's not. It, in fact, I've seen him not go at all in a number of drafts. I think his current, uh, his current ADP, if you're looking at his average draft position, is... Sorry to put you on the spot. You should know this stuff off the top of your head, Bob. Come on. Uh, you know, I don't have his average <laughs> draft because it changes every day. Yeah, I'm sure. As you're going along. I think right now his average draft is, is 14. I rank him a little lower than that. Um, you know, that's a, a solid backup, backup area. Uh, you know, I don't see him moving into the front line into that top 12. Uh, but again, you know, watch your ADP values. If you really want to get them and you want to take a chance on a guy like that, that's the goal is to watch the ADP, draft them appropriately. You'll be able to get them pretty late in your draft as your second QB. And, hey, and maybe get a third QB just in case a guy that you know is going to start later. You know, there's going to be some of those guys floating around out there, the Jason Campbells, the Mark Bulgers, Bulgers, you know, the guys that are going to be there later uh, that you're pretty sure are locked in as starters. Yeah, well, that's going to certainly be an interesting trend to watch uh, as we get a little closer to the season. You know, Matt Castle could have another one of these breakout years and really, truly cement himself and uh, get himself on the way to being a Hall of Fame quarterback. But you don't want to bet your fantasy success on him. Get a solid front-line guy ahead of him and don't use him as anything other than your number two guy. And, hey, if he starts playing well, you move him up in your rotation. Another quarterback you guys may have heard about has made some news over the past couple of months, a guy named Brett Favre. Yeah, I've heard something about him. You know, I was thinking the other day, what's the worst thing to be? You know, let's say you live in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. You're standing in the grocery store. You're a little late for your appointment. You're sitting there, and you look up, and then you see Favre in line ahead of you just as they're posing the paper versus plastic, Mr. Favre. Oh, no. Hands fly up to his head. Well, gee, the plastic has been really good to me, but the paper is powerful and more green on it. Dude, it must take him a week to pick that. He's going to hey, probably you know, have coupons. He's going to probably want to write a check and then count out the exact pennies for change. We've all hey, been behind him at a supermarket. Yeah, you know, except I'm guessing he might take it to a whole different level. Look, the current, the current news is that he has told everyone he'll decide by the 30th when training camp starts uh, whether he will return or not. I think what's interesting, and he has been working out at the local high school like he has been. He's picking up the pace on that a little bit, wants to work out a little more to really get the arm going. Uh, he told the Associated Press on Wednesday he's running out of time to 
you know, make sure whether he'll be able to compete for an entire season. And I think that's what's interesting is that, you know, yeah, well, I mean, is he saying, is he, you know, does he really not know if he can compete for a full season at this point? I mean, you'd hate to think that that's the case. I suspect he does. But the truth is, I mean, when you look at, like, uh, I was reading some reports from the Minneapolis Star Tribune. There's an old-timer there named Sid Hartman. He cites the sources behind the scenes saying Favre isn't a, isn't a lock to come back. He, he thinks uh, Favre just can't make up his mind and that he's telling his uh, closest friends that he hasn't made his mind up yet. Uh, the younger Star Tribune uh, staffer, Judd Zolgad, he thinks it's 99%, 99% sure Favre will return. I'm leaning closer to that 99%. I think it's, you know, it's going to be done. They'll have a contract done. I think he just wants to avoid having to go and do anything before he wants to do it. Hey, what do we know about Brett Favre? It's on his timetable. It's his call. He does things the way he wants to do them. Brad Childress clearly understands this. He has no problem waiting. And I think, you know, I think in this day and age of the NFL, players, you know, while they prefer not to have distractions, they seem to do okay with them. I mean, you know, other than being Parveris Jackson and Sage Rosenfels, who are kind of twisting in the wind a little bit, I think everyone else in Minnesota can deal with this pretty effectively, and whoever shows up and starts calling, you know, who, who, whoever's running the huddle uh, come day one, they'll, they'll jump right on board with it. And if it's Brett Favre, again, I've said it before, I'll say it now, that whole offense gets a little better. All the guys around, he'll make all the guys around him a little better, at least early in the year, and, uh, and, and we'll go from there. How does Brett Favre get received in the locker room? I mean, is, is he going to really be able to step in there and be a leader to these players? I mean, he's never been the guy who's going to take someone under his wing and mentor him, but is he going to be able to have the respect and garner what he needs out of that clubhouse? When I mean, it just clearly seems like he doesn't want to be part of that team mentality. He doesn't want to work out with the team, doesn't want to be there, other than the fact that he gets to stick it to his whole team. Well, it was the same in New York, and everyone was fine with him as long as he was throwing touchdowns and not interceptions. I think that's the key. So, you know, it's just like Josh McDaniels being the coach in Denver. He takes a lot of heat. They lost Jake Cutler. Brandon Marshall isn't happy. That team starts winning. Everyone's on board. If the if the Vikings start winning with Favre, if they produce with Favre, they don't care if he goes and gets dressed in the back room and hides by himself and whatever he does. They just want to win, and they want to go to the Super Bowl. And if he can do that for them, they will gladly jump on his bandwagon. And you saw at the end of his run in New York when he wasn't doing so well what some of the fellows there had to say about him. Not the things they were saying early in the year, but there was a little more critical. That's that's what's you know that's what goes in the locker room in the NFL. What are you doing for me? And uh, Brett Favre's delivering. They'll all be fine. What's going to happen if uh, if he's not delivering? Is he going to completely lose that team if uh, he starts zero and four? Boy, I don't know. If you bring him in, how do you bench him? I mean, you know, I, I mean, I know there may come a point yeah. where you have now, to. Wouldn't that be the great ending to the Favre story? Is after well, all I'm that, telling that you know, I year. think he, I think he would quit and start heading for Detroit so he could go get at both of those teams that dissed him. Uh, that's his, that's his ultimate goal. He'll play for every team in the NFC. And Detroit will take him. <laughs> Detroit hey, would take him. So. I don't know. I'd rather have Dante Culpepper. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the truth is. You know, if if he's not getting the job done, it puts it does put them in an awkward situation because here they are. They've they've put a couple guys. You know, you, you it, it's hard to believe that Sage Rosenfels and Traveris Jackson are you know are real happy with the way things are right now. The reports out there that Jackson has already asked for his trade if Spar shows up, and they may grant it, they may not. I think the truth is, you know, if they have to fall back on one of those guys, they're going to be so happy to be on the field that they're just going to try and do their job and focus. Now, whether the team can recover, hey, you know, I think in the end, that whole if this thing goes south, the guy who's going to pay the biggest price is going to be Brad Childress. Absolutely. Well, it's a slippery slope that this is starting to head down, but uh, we should have resolution within uh, a couple of weeks now by the 30th, according to uh, Mr. Favre, correct? 
Yeehaw, that is correct, the third year. All right, well, that'll be some big breaking news when that finally does happen. Another quarterback who's been getting some reps with uh, with his old high school coach, actually, is Michael Vick. Now, his sentence, his official sentence, should be up on Monday, correct? Yes, and and, and, and that's when the commissioner has said he'll you know start getting serious about making the decision. Nobody really knows what the commissioner is going to do. You're starting to hear an increased, you know, kind of uh, drumbeat saying the man deserves a second chance. You know, we've talked about this before. He should get a second chance. He will get a second chance at life. But a second chance at life, does, you know, that might mean, you know, uh, carrying hot or something. It doesn't necessarily mean running an NFL team, being on an NFL roster, making millions of dollars. Well, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm not going to get too excited one way or the other. Uh, you know, in terms of fantasy, obviously he's going to be a bit player if he does make it back into, if he is allowed to return, if he's reinstated. Uh, if he's reinstated, teams are going to be interested. We've said this all along, and there's no reason to believe it won't be true. Even if they aren't willing to say so now, you know, the minute that he's, that he's available and he can actually return to the field, teams are going to want him. You know, you, uh, I was listening to uh, Total Access tonight. And, uh, you know, you keep hearing the, the Patriots come up in the conversation, you know, that Bill Belichick is enamored of the Wildcat and that, you know, and, hey, I, again, I mean, could there be a better environment for a guy like Mike Vick than New England where, you know, the locker room will, will devour you if you don't toe the line? So, you know, I, I think, you know, that's the kind of situation that maybe he can come back and get something done in. And if he is reinstated, there is no doubt people will line up to take a chance at giving him a chance. Uh, what remains to be seen is if he can take advantage of it, if he can do all the right things, if he still has the skills necessary to play at the level that you know that would that would be expected of him. Uh, all those questions have to be answered. You know, he's hey, he's still under well under 30. Uh, he had a very powerful arm. He's a very fast guy. Those things don't just disappear overnight. So so my guess is he will have some value to somebody if he's reinstated. But he's got to sit down with Commissioner Roger Goodell and convince him that he's not doing this time what he did to the commissioner last time, which was look him in the eye and lie. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's, that's going to be tough. Do you think it's more likely that if Vic is reinstated, he's going to be able to be under center? Or do you think he's going to be more of a used as a running back or, or, or something along those lines? You know, I think the popular theory is he becomes like a wildcat kind of option guy, and, and that, that makes sense to me. I mean, you know, to believe, hey, is, is Michael Vick at his best better than a number of quarterbacks currently starting in the NFL? Oh, yes. But we don't know what he is yet. Until we know what he is, hey, he may, he may come back and be that guy again. And if he is, hey, he may, he may be able to, end to earn a starting job. But from a fantasy perspective, it's, you know, you have to, you know, you can't get too excited about this. You know, I mean, you know, even taking a flyer on your draft, if, if, on a draft if he's reinstated, I mean, I just, I don't see it, I don't see him being a big factor uh, for any team coming right out of the shoot. As the season progresses, maybe he develops into that for somebody, and he becomes a viable fantasy free agent. But until then, you know, he's not somebody I'm going to get too excited about. If I got a roster spot with my last pick and there's nothing else to do with it, you know, Still, I can think of a lot of, you know, there's a lot of receivers out there that are always hanging around the end of a draft I'd probably rather have than a guy I'm not sure is going to be able to make it in the league again. Absolutely. A lot of self has been made about what Roger Goodell is going to do. Some people have said that uh, he should give him another chance. Some people think that Michael should just be barred from the NFL altogether. And, you know, a lot has been made of this recently with a lot of players getting in trouble with Dante Stallworth. I mean, you can, I mean, the list goes on, Plexico Burris. Do you think that uh, Goodell is going to go ahead and be hard on him, or do you think that he might be, well, you've, you've, you've done the crime, you've paid your time, as long as you can keep your nose clean, we'll give you another chance? Or do you think he's really going to try to keep the good image of the NFL he's been trying to create over the past couple of years and say, 
another year suspension. I mean, we don't know at this point, but what's your inkling? It, it's hard to argue that Michael Vick has not paid his price. I mean, he has paid a huge price. And, you know, and, and, and you know, again, we could get into the argument that what he did doesn't compare to what other people have done in taking human lives in recent past and, and, and you know, and how it's affected their careers. So, you know, hey, he deserves a second chance whether he gets it, this, you know, whether Roger – Roger Goodell is going to sit down and say, okay, you just walk right back in and let's go, or he has to pay a little further price. If you look at Roger Goodell's history, I, I believe there's going to be a little bit more retribution. And, again, I go back to the fact that, that, that Vic, you know, didn't just lie to the commander. He lied to all of us. I mean, he had a chance to come clean, and that's, you know, that is one difference between the guys who were caught outright, you know, in various crimes. I mean, they, whether they had any choice or not, they came clean a little quicker. And, I mean, when you sit there and you lie to the people and then you come back and you, you know, you have to tell that same story again, they're less likely to believe it. That's just how it works. And, and in, this, you know, in this day and age, Mike Vick's going to want a lot of money. And so before you take a chance on handing him that money, you know, he needs whether, a lot he's, of money. <laughs> he's whether he's talented money right enough, now. whether he has the talent or not, whether he can still be Mike Vick or not, I mean, do you want to risk that kind of money on a guy who, you know, has done, has, has shown the willingness to be, Shall we say a liar, like like he was in this in this case? Now, granted, you know nobody likes to sit there and say, "Oh yes, I've been committing horrible crimes and and I'm going to come right up." But he really did play it pretty hard, and right up until the bitter end, and you know when he could have, you know, maybe a little contrition earlier in the game would have would have helped him out a lot more now. But that's not the position he's in. I think the commissioner will go down hard, but Mike Vick's going to get a chance to play in the NFL again, whether it's sometime early this year, middle of this year, next year, he's going to get another chance. Now, he may not be the most honest player on your roster, but you can probably guess he's probably not going to be getting involved in more dogfighting anytime soon. That's safe to say. Absolutely. Well, moving on, uh, I want to go ahead and talk about Brandon Marshall as well. Uh, still kind of holding out from uh, from Broncos. Uh, he says that he will be at camp. That is, of course, because he'll be charged about $17,000 a day if he doesn't. Uh, is this story getting any better? Uh, it's getting better in that he says he'll show up, I mean, and, it, uh, and also in that he's been working out with Larry Fitzgerald in, Min- in Minnesota, uh, Greg Jennings, Jerry Rice, and, and that he's able to work out on the surgically repaired hips as he can dunk and do 360s. We'll, we'll find out more about that. But this is not over, the thing between, the, between him and the Broncos. Uh, he made an appearance on, to- on Total Access uh, last night uh, and, and showed up on the SB uh, red carpet with a nice ascot, looking quite sharp, rocking the ascot. And, uh, you know, made some comments, and he seems to be taking a, you know, he's saying all the right things at least now, which is more than could be said for former teammates of his who are now Chicago Bear quarterbacks. So, you know, that being the case, but he did, you know, he has stressed that he had a talk with Pat Bowlin and that Pat Bowlin promised him certain things, and, you know, if we want to get into that, maybe he's setting up the thing where, you know, Pat Bowlin has even admitted that his short-term memory is not that good. Maybe they're going to get into a, that kind of uh that kind of little hissy fit. <laughs> he said he would do it, and Bowling can't remember if he said he did it. So who knows? I, I, you know, I think once he's on the, you know, once he's on the field, once he's working, we've talked about this before too. His leverage is none. Nobody, you know, and, and I don't think they're going to let a second player talk his way out of town in Denver. I think uh, Cutler was a unique person, and I think obviously they didn't really think he was the right guy, or they wouldn't have let him talk his way out. So I, I you know, I just don't think Brandon Marshall is going to be able to talk his way out of Denver going to play, get make a good salary this year, and we'll see what happens next year. 
Well, and all the color stuff was kind of messed up from the start with, I mean, uh, Josh McDaniels coming in and kind of wanted to get Matt Castle. I mean, uh, Jay Cutler never really felt confident that he was wanted in Denver, so that situation was a little bit different. Brandon Marshall. No, it goes, it, and it does, and it goes back even before that. I mean, he, he, you know, he asked for a trade the first time before, you know, before Josh McDaniels' coach, he was talking about getting traded, or, he'd, you know, I, I mean, there was a lot of disingenuous on his part uh, and feigned indignance and things like that that I, I, I wasn't real impressed with in Cutler's terms. With Marshall's, in Marshall's case, I don't see that same, that same approach. I mean, I think he's unhappy that, you know, at the business aspect of it, that his quarterback's gone, that he's playing with Kyle Orton, that his coach is gone, and Josh McDaniels is his boss. You know, I don't think he trusts the team's medical staff. The hip was the issue all year, and they downplayed it and told him he should play through it when maybe it was worse than, it, than, than they wanted him to know. So, you know, I'm not saying he doesn't have legitimate gripes. He does. I'm just also saying he has he – has, zero leverage, and, and it looks like he's starting to realize it. All right, I want to move on to you got a um, 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 a uh, football notebook coming up this week where we're going to talk a little bit about um, some of the running back situations going on. Let's go ahead on that. What's going on with Denver right now? Obviously, we've you know, got a little bit of there's an interesting article. There's an interesting article last week by Frank Schwab of the Colorado Springs Gazette, and I thought he made some good points, you know, and it was mostly about, you know, is Sean Marino going to come out and be the guy from the get-go? And I think that's one of the bigger debates. You know, this year there are a couple others, but I mean, I think if you you're looking, you know, what did the Denver Broncos need going to the draft? Well, they certainly didn't need a running back. They could have used some help. You know, they they signed a number of high-profile guys: Coral Buckhalter. They uh, signed Lamont Jordan at the time. They had signed J.J. Arrington, although he's no longer there. Uh, they have Peyton Hillis. Uh, you know, I mean, they had a lot of guys, and 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 they had nothing on defense. And so, with the 12th pick overall, they picked Noshawn Marino. And the immediate, I think for the most part, immediate reaction was, wow, this guy's probably going to be the guy. And I think we're starting to get a little feel, you know, I think as Schwab put it, you know, they didn't draft uh, Marino with the 12th pick overall to sit on the bench any more than they paid Buckhalter and Jordan millions of dollars to sit on the bench. I mean, I think we are going to see a rotation. I think that's going to be a big thing for fantasy owners uh, uh, this preseason is deciphering that one. It's going to be somewhat akin maybe even to the New England. You know, Josh McDaniels obviously coming from New England where he used a multitude of backs. Uh, I think a lot of people are expecting the same thing. My own personal belief is Marino will separate himself from the crowd. He's a little better receiver than people give him credit for. He's a great pass blocker, and he is capable of being the every-down guy. Kind of has that Portis uh, ability in my opinion. You know, maybe not as strong, but 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 it's similar to Portis in, in those abilities. So I'm kind of a little higher on him maybe than, than Mr. Schwab is and maybe some others. Um, I have him ranked at, uh, you know, well, I think at 18 right now. I think his current ADP is around 20, is close to 24, which puts him at the back end of that, you know, the, of the RB2 round. So, you know, you can get him a little later than I like him. And, hey, if he's sitting there and it's, you're getting into your third tier of running backs and he's still sitting there, I think that would be a great, great value. See, I think Noshan Moreno is going to be really good, and I think he's going to work really good in that system. I do too. I, you know, but there, there are voices out there. There's a lot of confusion, and I guess a lot of it is, you know, Lamont Jordan knows the offense better than the other guys. Coral Buckhalter has been effective when given a chance and when healthy, uh, a pretty good player. So I mean, I think there's enough, uh, uh, enough po- uh, spoons in the pot there to stir it up really good. But I, I too, I, I agree with you. I think Marino is going to end up being the guy. I guess what the question is is how early is he going to emerge as the guy? And, uh, you know, and, and, and I think we should point out, too, there's other guys that, you know, I value almost as much as him in my rankings, like Cedric Benson, who I have one below Moreno. I have 18 and 19. But, but Benson's ADP is 31 right now. Well, you know, if anyone's a lock to be the feature back on a team, it's right now, you know, Benson is on that list. So, 
you know, you, you know, you, if you're looking for value, guys like that that are falling into that third tier of running backs are going to are, are probably going to provide some pretty good value for you. What's the situation in Green Bay with RB? You know, I think Ryan Grant, uh, you know, what you're hearing from people who follow the team closely, he's coming back with a vengeance, feels like he has something to prove. Last off season, he kind of uh, focused on getting paid, maybe maybe hurt him a little bit early last season, uh, had the hamstring issue after a holdout through the off season and into training camp, comes up with the hamstring. And he never had that kind of breakaway explosive ability that we saw the year before. I think if you're looking for a guy who's maybe going to rebound and have a really good year, uh, I think he might be the guy. Uh, one of the things that you know we, we heard a little bit last week was was that oh well maybe we're going to get Brandon Jackson a little more involved and try and get you know try and get a little more of a one-two punch. Well, I don't think so. I think you know Grant has taken like 82% of the carries Green Bay has given the tailback since week seven of 2007. I mean, I think I don't think that's going to change significantly. Or I you know I I I think ESPN's uh, Kevin Seaver said he, he doesn't see it falling below 80%. I don't either. So I think given that. If Grant can regain some of that explosiveness and they really focus a little more on the running game, I think part of the problems with that, that whole offense last year was they expected more of a running game, and, it, and they had to put some extra pressure on Aaron Rodgers. I think they'd like to not do that this year, and they'd like for Grant to be the reason they don't have to. So I think there's another guy that's going to give you a little bit better value than his current draft position. So I, I have an eye on Ryan Grant, and if he's fallen a little bit in your draft, maybe a guy you want to grab. Right now his ADP is 19. I'd say that's, that's going to be pretty good value for a guy – who going into last year, you know, all things being equal, would have been, a, you know, considered a top ten guy. Another team with some questions are running back Arizona. Where do you think they're going to go? You know, Beanie Wells has been working very hard with the strength and conditioning coach, John Lott. Lott calls him a little Jim Brown, kind of a facial resemblance to Jim Brown. Whether we see that same kind of thing on the field seems uh, seems like a big question. But I think nice. I think the I think the fat. Well, you look at Beanie Wells has lost. You know, I've dropped like 18 pounds, working really hard. Uh, uh, but then there's there there are people there and Darren Urban uh, the the rights for the team's official website uh, started a little bit of a controversy a couple of weeks ago saying he thought Tim Hightower would be the would be the opening day starter and I think he may well be but you know but the I don't think anyone believes Beanie Wells was drafted in the first round to to sit around and watch I mean I think you know a lot of teams thought he was the best back in the draft and given his level of conditioning and the seriousness he's taken it with, I think, I think we're going to see him a lot earlier. I think he's going to be the lead guy from day one. That said, who would have thought last year that Tim Hightower was going to start at some point over Edger and James? Crazy things have happened in this league. Uh, Jason Wright is going to be in the mix, but I think Wells is another guy. I have him ranked as my, as my top Arizona back right now. But if you look at the current ADPs, he's down there at 28. I mean, that's into that third tier. Looking for value, he's a guy you're going to be able to get a little later. You know, is, is, is a third-level running back, not a starter in most leagues. If he ends up, you know, starting for Arizona, that passing attack, you know, that Kurt Warner, Larry Fitzgerald, Anquan Bolden, they have a way of keeping opposing defenses very honest. I mean, you can't, you, know, you can't just sit there and, 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 and focus on stopping the run. You better pay attention to the pass. So whoever is in that backfield is going to benefit from that. And I look at Hightower last year. He had some good games, and he plays, you know, he's a solid player, but he's just not that explosive kind of threat that Beanie Wells can give them. So I expect Wells to come on a little bit myself. Bob, you're going to have a whole lot more on all this in your weekend's notebook, correct? Of course I will. Ah, and a little more nice. on Brett Favre, maybe even. Oh, I maybe cannot even stuff wait. on Chad Ochocinco, if I can. Oh, man, you know what? That, that's the best notebook in the world right there. Finally, <laughs> want to go ahead and touch on Derek Mason. Looks like there's some people who are trying to talk him out of retirement. What's that mean? You know, I think you know. I think a lot of people are, are taking the approach that hey, the Steve McNair, uh, Steve McNair's death affected him and caused him to make a personal decision. You're hearing a little more out of Baltimore that maybe it's more of a family issue. 
Um, I think the Ravens would really like not to go into the season with uh, Mark Clayton and Demetrius Williams as their top two guys and Marcus Smith as their third. I think they'd like to get Mason back. But it really is kind of a mystery whether he will come back or not. He said he's wanted money, you know, a little more money, well, pretty much all off season. And maybe this is a bit of a negotiating ploy. We'll see. We'll see you know, this is one to watch. If training camp gets a little closer, uh, I kind of expect him to start at least talking about having a change of heart. I, and I hope he does because I think the Ravens are a much better team with him on the field than off it. Yeah, absolutely. And you did mention that uh, he, he was affected a lot by McNair's situation. And uh, Yeah, they were very all, close. All the stuff surrounding that, which may have kind of left him uh, with a snap decision, probably pretty likely at this point that he might uh, reconsider that. Certainly it's not out of the question for players to retire and want to come back. And certainly, if somebody was to sweeten the pot a bit, that would uh, that that wouldn't hurt at all. Absolutely. Anything else going on this weekend with you, Bob? You know, not this weekend, but coming up Monday. If you go to Fantasy Nation, we're going to have a little bit of a mock draft starting there. All, all the football diehard staffers, myself, Emil Cadillac, Joe Abear, uh, Jenny Loveless, Mike Jones. We're going to have Sigmund Bloom from uh, Football Guys, Mike Beacon from World Fantasy Games, his compatriot Mashoff. We'll have uh, representatives from Roto Wire and KFFL. We'll have Nathan Zagura from the Fantasy Consultant. And we'll do a nice little uh, mock draft starting on Fantasy Nation on Monday. It'll be cool. Well, that's quite a panel. If you guys haven't checked out Fantasy Nation yet, check it out. It's kind of like Twitter, but all for sports stuff, and that's at FantasyNation.com. You can send a little message back and forth. All the football diehard staff's on there. You can follow us and uh, keep up to date with everything going on. Also, as always, check out the website, FootballDieHards.com. It's your source for up-to-date news, analysis, all that good stuff. Anything else, Bob? Nope. Hit the order page, check out some magazines, take advantage of the Football Die Hard Stimulus Plan, buy a magazine, get the website for free all year. $20, we're handing you. We like you. Yeah, you cannot get a better deal anywhere. So in these hard economic times, we're helping you out here at uh, Football Die Hards. Until next week, this has been the FootballDieHards.com podcast. Thanks a lot.